This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, sponsored by Bemidji State University and Northwest Technical College. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast is also sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's Playground. Today on the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors Podcast, it hasn't been easy to get out there, but Garrett Hagland's been ice fishing in the Brainerd Lakes area. Plus, he's been soft water fishing on the ocean. We talk about that, new products, and a ton more, plus a Fast Five. It's all coming up. If you love the outdoors and are looking for ways to align your education with future employment in the trades, Northwest Technical College in Bemidji is for you. Explore state-of-the-art technical education in six career paths, automotive, building trades, business, health, child care, and manufacturing technology. All in the heart of Minnesota's Northwoods, surrounded by more than 400 lakes and, of course, limitless forests. The shortest path to your dream job and a good bite is at NTC, Bemidji's Technical College. Learn more today. Visit ntcmn.edu. We're checking in with one of the uh, gurus of the Brainerd area in the fishing world, Garrett Hagelin. Garrett, welcome back. Hey, Kev. Thanks for having me. Always good to be here. Well, listen, um, it has not been a great winter for ice fishing in your neck of the woods, has it? No, it's, it's been a challenge, and one of the biggest challenges is just getting around. You should see my house right now. I think I've got like a 12 to 13-foot pile of snow, <laughs> uh, which yeah. uh, certainly does make it a challenge to get around, and uh, it's been a challenge for the wheelhouses out there to get out and, and enjoy some family time in the wheelhouses, but um, for myself... Uh, and unless you have a snowmobile getting around, um, it, it's going to be a challenge. Uh, thankfully, have the machines to get around in that deep snow, but uh, that's certainly what's made it a big challenge this year for sure, just uh, the immense amount of snow that we've gotten. Yeah, it, it, we've we've heard the same thing up here. It hasn't been as bad. I think we got a little bit of an earlier start as far as uh, you know getting a good base of ice, but still, I'm just talking. It was just talking to Dick Beersley, and he's got to get a jackhammer to get you know his uh, his fish houses off the ice. So it's uh, right. it's not been fun. No, no, it's been a challenge. But um, if uh, there are still, of course, ways to get out and enjoy the ice as as much as you can, and as long as you can get around, of course, um, there has been some pretty good fishing out there, um, despite some of the uh, the mobility challenges, if you will. Yeah, that's always the key. I mean, if you can get out there, from everything I've heard from people, if you can get out there, you'll find fish. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's um, in a in a a blessing in disguise, if you will. Um, a little bit less traffic on the ice this year has been uh, kind of nice, just to give the lakes a little bit less pressure than uh, than most. Um, it's so nice and convenient to have those wheelhouses out there. It's like you know you can. Lay in bed and catch fish at the same time. How nice is that? Uh, but uh, it has it has been an interesting year for it. So, absolutely. So, uh, how much uh, ice fishing have you gotten in this winter? Uh, you know, I've had my fair share, uh, despite uh, many of the other things going on in today's world. For for myself, um, it's it's been a pretty good year. I've discovered a lot of new things, uh, tried a lot of different things. Um, on different lakes. I, I just live for the adventure. I never fish one lake uh, right after another or anything like that. I, I do like to do some exploring and kind of get a general sense for the area, not just a lake. 
um, of uh, what are the fish doing, where are they, mo- where are they moving, uh, what kind of patterns and structures are they sticking to, um, all of those things. So um, I've definitely had my work cut out for me this year, uh, again, with all the snow and getting around and stuff. I think I've had my truck stuck more times this year than any other year before, which has certainly oh. been interesting. Um, even just getting to in and to parking lots and stuff like that. But um, it's been a pretty good year. Uh, most of my winter fishing is spent uh, chasing after panfish. I certainly do enjoy, you know, the Red Lake Rush, of course. That's always fun. It was a great year for that. Um, doing some fishing on a Malax. Um, and looking for those big toothy critters. Hmm. Uh, but now that uh, um, that season has come to an end, um, there's still plenty of great fishing to be done. And uh, panfish is certainly probably my favorite to target through uh, through the ice here. So uh, it's been a great year. Had some really big, big fish days um, on uh, new bodies of water. So it's it's quite quite rewarding when that happens. Plenty of strikeouts in in the mix of that too, but uh, uh, nonetheless, it's been a great ice season as long as you can get around. Yeah, <laughs> as long as you can get around, that's so, for sure. Yeah. So what uh, what can we expect uh, from here until the ice melts? What, what what's going to be biting? Where are they going to be? What should we be using? So um, again, targeting panfish this time of the year, you can certainly find perch uh, out on some of the flats. They'll be coming up on top of those mud flats at times and feeding um but uh, the panfish uh the the crappies and gills per se uh, they're starting to get real sticky to those weed lines again uh, they're kind of coming out from those deep basins there are still fish in the basins of course but some of them are sticking to those weed lines what i've found um is that it's been uh assuming you can get out of the lake and get around of course you then have to stay on top of the fish. They're moving extremely fast. Um, it happens every time this time of the year, and then a lot of it is related to pressure um, or oxygen in the water, different things like that. But um, by this time of the year, fish have seen plenty lures, and uh, they're just looking to um, not quite get the spring, uh, the spring feed bag on, just yet, um, but they're they're moving in those areas here. So uh, crappies and bluegills, you can find them again getting sticky to those deeper weed lines. I find them anywhere's from six feet to uh, say sixteen to twenty feet, something like that. It's quite a variety of range. In the morning, you can find them um, tight to those weed lines. You'll see them push out a little bit during the day, especially on sunny days cloudy days you can get away with it a little bit easier fishing them up shallow but um uh, again sticking to those weed lines uh that's uh that's where i'm finding most of the big ones okay you know one of the cool things is especially if you're into panfish here anyway and i'm assuming you got a, a million little teeny lakes tucked away in the woods uh in your neck of the woods as well but we've got lakes that you literally can't fish in the summer just because they're they're in the midst of a marshy, swampy area, and you can't really drive out there or, or get out there. But when 100%. it freezes, you can get out there, and and so there's some there's some opportunities if you're willing to hike uh, to fish lakes that just never get fished. Yeah, absolutely. There's uh, plenty of little pothole lakes out there that you know just hold some giant fish, of course. But um, 
it does require a little extra horsepower to get to them at times. Uh, but don't be mistaken, the lakes that you drive by each and every day going to work, uh, like, like, like me, there's plenty of big ones and plenty of big panfish to be found in those lakes too. Mm-hmm. Um, don't overlook the big lakes. Yes, there's maybe a little more traction out there. Um, don't look for those, I'll call them miniature cities, if you will. Um, if you do get outside of those, I find there's plenty of schools of fish that have been unpressured that you can get on top of and almost have to yourself at times and um, really have a heck of a day uh, fishing. So don't be afraid to dissect parts of bigger lakes, too. Um, some of them are fairly easy to target um, and get and stay on top of, but, again, don't, don't be afraid to dissect the bigger parts of the lakes. Take it section by section. Um, many times you will strike out, but as soon as you get on top of them and start figuring them out, it is so worth it. <laughs> Absolutely. We have a lot more to cover with Garrett Hagelin. We talk product. We talk soft water. We talk saltwater fishing. Plus a fast five. It's the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast. If you're fascinated by what you're hearing today, Bemidji State University might be the place for you when it comes to college. They're located amid the lakes and forests of the Northwoods, and it's the only place in Minnesota where you can earn a four-year degree in aquatic biology. It's a state-of-the-art program on the shores of Lake Bemidji, giving you high-tech lakeside facilities and ample opportunity for research and a hands-on education. You can choose fisheries biology, aquatic systems, or wetlands ecology. An aquatic biology education at Minnesota's premier Northwoods University. It's the right fit for you. Visit BemidjiState.edu. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley, Bemidji Area Fishing Guide. I'd like to invite you to come to our beautiful town of Bemidji. We've got over 400 lakes in our area teeming with walleye, pike, muskie, bass, and panfish. We're the gateway to the Chippewa National Forest. We've got miles upon miles of biking and hiking trails. Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Fine shops and eateries in downtown Bemidji. Headwaters of the mighty Mississippi at Itasca State Park. Beautiful resorts, hotels, and bed and breakfasts. Visit Bemidji one step further. Talking Brainerd Lakes area ice fishing and so much more with Garrett Haglin today. It seems like it's going to be forever, but eventually it is going to melt. We're going to be able to get out there in our boats and uh, and do some fishing. And I, you know, I'd love it to be for a good good month that we can do some uh, hand fishing before walleye season starts. But I don't know if it's going to be that way this year, but. Um, once you're done with ice fishing and, and you're starting to think soft water, what are some of the key things a person needs to do to make sure they are ready to go equipment-wise, boat-wise, etc.? Well, first and foremost, as we're wrapping up the ice fishing season, don't forget to wash the bibs. Those <laughs> get kind of nasty at times. Um, wash your gear, take care of it, put it away, put it in a spot that you'll remember for next year. Anything that you can do, at the end of the ice season, these are starting to put things away to kind of prep for the early ice season, uh, the better. I just find myself remembering things where I found those things um, much easier and feeling much more prepared for the early ice season. It's so easy to get caught off guard with that. So, um, And just like any other times when you use gear, things break or you run out of certain plastics and different things like that. I always like to make a list, um, you know, if there's things that, like, oh, this would have been nice 
for this ice season. I definitely need to remember that for next season. I'll just make a list of those things, and uh, that way I feel much more prepared for the following season. With that being said, though, and uh, preparing for boat season, you ca- I call it, you know, just as we call it March Madness, I get so dang excited for it. <laughs> um, I do enjoy my ice fishing, but I don't know that there's any greater place on this planet for me than uh, spending time in the boat. It, mobility is not such an issue, you know. You don't have snow and stuff to deal with, of course, um, unless you're fishing in the early, early seasons and sometimes get uh, a, a little snowfall, and that's okay. It uh, doesn't stay forever, but um, <laughs> it's uh, being in the boat is just a great time. It's easier to stay mobile that way. You've got all of your gear in one unit, in one uh, vehicle, if you will, and you just hook up to the truck and go. Um, but for this time, and you're prepping before uh, open water season actually starts, uh, I just run through my rods. A lot of the times I'll change out the line on almost all of my reels, um, and I get pretty specific to that with the techniques. You don't always have to be very specific, but uh, I, I personally do. And I'll take a quick inventory. I'll just run through all of my tackle, um, see you know what am I missing for the spring season. Um, should I be considering things for midsummer um, patterns? Um, and then do I need to be proactive yet already for the fall stuff? In today's world, if you haven't noticed, it's a little bit tough to get tackle at times. Um, you know, there's uh, plenty of supply chain and manufacturing issues out there in the world today. Uh, most times you can get the product, but um, it seems like when they come in the stores, it doesn't last long on the shelves. So just be thinking about those things. Be proactive uh, with your tackle. Um, every lure, every lucky lure does count. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So be proactive with your tackle. Uh, do service your reels in the springtime. Um, you're just going to thank yourself later in uh, tournaments or just fun fishing, less tangles and different things you have to mess with. Um, any sort of prep that you can do ahead of time is uh, certainly well worth it in the end, for sure. You have a lot of relationships with a lot of people in the industry, um, and I know that we finally got you know um, shows going again this year. Um have we been able to get some products manufactured? Is there anything out there you're looking at that you think looks pretty good for the upcoming year? You know, um, that's one of my most favorite things about each year is just the new up-and-coming things to uh, to check out and stuff like that. Minkota um, and Humminbird have done a great job with some of those things this year with, uh, like, the Humminbird uh, live, uh, live feed. That's just going to be Super, super cool to have in the boat this year. Um, I have ran the Panoptics, also a great unit, too. Um, I personally run Humminbirds on my boat. So to have that one network system, that's just going to be super, super cool. Very helpful. Another great unit, uh, again, if you're running the Humminbird units, is the 360 Mega Imaging um, for structure scan and different things like that. Absolutely an incredible tool. Um, at that point, you're kind of picking and choosing the fish that you want to target almost and can make a very precise cast. It's kind of like it's kind of like going into a debate or negotiating. Uh, any homework you can do um, uh, to make an educated ga- uh, cast at the head of the time just puts you 
uh, and that much greater of a place for the outcome that you're looking for. In this case, of course, catching more fish. So um, Hummingbird's got that going. Um, Striker's got some new UPF gear that's coming out um, and uh, plenty in the line itself now. I was just wearing some of the Triumph shirts and UPF gear uh, down in Florida this past week for a photo shoot. Doing some saltwater fishing down there. Um, the the gear is just awesome. Their uh, their barrier pants, which zip off into shorts, are super super comfortable, uh, and just uh, it keeps the sun off of a, a Minnesota guy. You know, when you take a a pasty white Minnesota guy, stick him in Florida <laughs> for a few days on the boat in nonstop sun. Um, <laughs> in my mind, sunscreen isn't going to cut it. So <laughs> I, uh, I look to the UPS here. That's for sure. Um, but, uh, definitely check that stuff out. I know Northland's got a few different jigs and, uh, things coming around too. Um, on that note, this late ice season, a couple of my favorite, uh, jigs to use for panfish, um, is Northland's, uh, tungsten mud bug jig, as well as the tungsten gilgetter jig. I like that tungsten just to get down quick and back to the fish uh, using plastics and stuff like that. So give those a look. I know at the local uh, fleet farm here in Baxter, Minnesota, uh, I did uh, just the other day see a pretty good stock of them. So uh, be sure to check those out. Um, But uh, that, I know uh, Tuned Up Custom Rods has a a couple other walleye sticks coming around too. Um, Again, if you're looking for new widgets and gadgets and uh that extra special reel for maybe father or uh, excuse me rod for like father's day coming up or um, birthdays or just you want to treat yourself just because you can um you know give the boys that tuned up custom rods a call and and see what kind of things they can whip up for you if you can if you can dream it they can make it and i know that personally i i get very specific with some of my rods and the techniques that i like to fish and stuff like that and say can you can you do this on that blank but tweak it just a little bit different so it has this effect blah 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 those guys come through you each and every time so (laughs) really appreciate working with those guys just uh, a great group there so um yeah all kinds of great (laughs) things to to keep in mind for and uh, i know uh otter outdoors themselves they've got some new things in the works for next year too and um definitely definitely be watching for those things we'll be releasing those i'm sure before too long um one other thing to keep in mind something that rides with me in the boat all year long is uh our maluna coolers uh, maluna is a rotomolded cooler uh which is the same construction as like a yeti or arctic or orca stuff like that um but we do tout a 35 percent um longer or greater ice retention performance than that leading competition so um check those out they're made right here in baxter minnesota again it's called maluna m-a-l-u-n-a dot com check us out on on uh on the website there we have five different sizes it's a 22 quart to 40 50 70 and 111 uh those elk hunting guys and uh, western hunters that 111 is super popular we do have a blaze orange, and it's yeah. super hot. Absolutely <laughs> love it. So um, check those out. Okay. Um, we hope everyone enjoys those as much as we do. So tell me a little bit about Florida. What were you fishing for? That's a good question, you know. Um, and it's funny. We go down to visit 
uh, a good friend of ours down there who was a part of the photo shoot, and we asked him that same question. So what are we going to catch today, Luke? And uh, he said, well, we could catch anything under the sun. He said, well, technically you're not wrong, but let's get specific here. He said, well, uh, we're going to be looking at snook, ladyfish, and grouper, probably some stingray, black tip sharks, um, jack trevally, redfish, maybe Spanish mackerel, and some trout. I said, geez, Luke, that's that's quite the quite the <laughs> list there. <laughs> and you know what? We caught every single one of them. Oh. It was uh, an absolute blast. It was just a great time. Nice to get out of the uh, the cooler temperatures up here and uh, get into some sun. How often have you have you uh, been able to fish saltwater? You know, that was uh, probably one of my first times oh. getting serious about it and okay. um, really capturing all of that experience it was um one heck of a trip we'll leave it at that (laughs) well what's the biggest difference for you know from fishing for the species we have here than than down there i mean obviously some of them are size but you know it seems like everything in salt water has just a little bit more horsepower Mm. (laughs) a a little bit more tug um you know often days um and just some differences here we certainly do fish live bait and things up here um and we go to the bait store and and get that and thank you to our bait shops for providing that uh, but in saltwater fishing there are still bait stores down there uh, but much of the the bait collected we we catch ourselves right away in the morning um, our, our days started fairly early um, being on the water by about five o'clock or so and and uh you you can chum down there you you throw mm. Uh, it's basically just cat food, uh, some crushed up cat food, and you chum in, in these uh, areas that, just as you would find any game fish, you're looking for specific areas for bait fish. You chum, and once you get a whole bunch of them beneath you, you throw a big casting net and capture hundreds of them at a time. Uh, and then that's what we use for live bait during the day. Well, it is a little bit different. Uh, not Most of us don't go and... And capture our own bait before we go fishing uh, uh, when we're fishing Lake Bemidji, for example. Right, yeah. <laughs> very, very, very different for sure. You know, I know you like to catch bass. Did you do any Florida bass fishing while you were down there? We didn't. We were about an hour and a half from the Great Okeechobee, and I was itching to get over there. <laughs> um, if I had a truck and boat, I certainly would have spent probably a couple extra days there, but... Um, we didn't make it over there, so that is on the bucket list to get to, <laughs> um, as well as uh, several other bodies of water down there, too. All right, before we wrap it up, Garrett, are you ready for the Fast Five? You bet. Okay. We're going to just <laughs> rapid-fire five questions at you, some fishing, some not fishing, and we'll see what your answers are. Are you ready? I am ready. Fast Five. Who's with me? <laughs> Question number one, favorite fish to catch? Smallmouth bass. Favorite fish to eat? Uh, crappie. Soft water or hard water? Soft water. That seems to be the unanimous one. Uh, yep. <laughs> favorite movie? Oh, that's a good one. Um, you know, Braveheart is probably pretty high up there on my list. That's a good one, yep. And final question cake or pie? Lord have mercy, Kev. <laughs> How can the guy choose between that? Uh, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is probably pie. Good old apple pie is uh, probably number one on my list. It's really hard to battle against apple pie, I think. 
Yeah. You bet. Yeah. All right. That's the uh, that's the Fast Five. That's Garrett Hagelin. Garrett, it was great talking to you again. I know we're going to talk to you again someday. I think we should get you and your buddy Austin together and uh, and a little trifecta. You bet. Trifecta. Take team. Absolutely would love it. Thanks for having me, Kev. I sure appreciate it. You've been listening to the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Northwest Technical College and Bemidji State University. You can catch the radio show Saturdays on KBUN Sports Radio 104.5 in Bemidji, B93.3 in Brainerd, and Kick FM in Alexandria. And of course, multiple times a week, we'll have great stuff for you right here on the podcast. The Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast has also been sponsored by Visit Bemidji. the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts to recommend the best products for your vehicle and budget. Get maximum cooling system performance for 10 years or 300,000 miles with peak long-life universal pre-mixed antifreeze and coolant. Now just $3.99 after mail-in rebate. Limit supply. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com. Oh, oh, oh.